The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to the 243rd ever show of All Around Sports. Reach Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's ahead for the weekend. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, bizarre news items that I covered this past week. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. Well, my highlight of the week is the European sports events that uh, have saved us during this traditional early summer sports drought, starting with the British Open, which is on as we speak, and always a great event to watch. Uh, but we also have the Tour de France going on, which I had to, the pleasure to attend in London uh, two years ago. Uh, that's right, London. And two years ago, they started in England, believe it or not. So that's still ongoing. Uh, we had the completion of Wimbledon last weekend, where Serena Williams won her 22nd Grand Slam event. She's amazing, no question about it. And Andy Murray uh, won his second Wimbledon, uh, which obviously had to thrill the European fans uh, and the British fans. And, of course, we had the Euro Cup, uh, which was just awesome over the course of the past month, uh, held throughout France with the big final game, championship game, coming last Sunday. And... uh, Truly riveting television. It was it was like a Super Bowl, um, and France was in it, of course, against Portugal. As we all saw, Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo, the megastar, the highest-paid athlete in the world. That's all you need to know. Uh, got injured in about the twenty-fifth minute of the match and made two attempts to return, but couldn't do it. Uh, and then he turned into the role of cheerleader. Uh, and it was amazing, went to extra time, and was really a fascinating event to watch, to put it mildly. Uh, Disappointing for the French, but in the same light, uh, it was Portugal's first major international title uh, with Ronaldo, and uh, 
So quite a scene, quite a celebration, uh, to put it mildly, and just, uh, again, throughout the past month, it was just uh, riveting from Iceland to Ireland. Uh, fabulous, compelling matches. Uh, it was wonderful to just be basically be able to tune in most any after afternoon through out the month of June and into July, and you'd have this great international soccer game from somewhere in France uh, with all these fabulous countries competing, and it was just uh, really terrific stuff. Couldn't get enough of it. And uh, with Wimbledon just completed, and of course uh, the Tour de France, as I mentioned, and now the British Open, uh, there's simply nothing like Sport live sports in the morning uh, must be what, what what it's like to f- uh, live out on the West Coast and watch NFL football starting at uh, nine nine thirty in the morning with the pregame shows. So it's great, and this leads right into my low light of the week, which was yesterday watching Phil Mickelson lip out uh, his putt on the eighteenth green, which denied him uh, becoming the first ever player to shoot a 62 in a major. Uh, It was remarkable to watch. I picked him up with about two, three holes to go, and needless to say, uh, it demanded my full attention. Uh, The putt he hit, it was dead center cup and just inexplicably veered right uh, in the last few inches. Uh, And even with that, it still appeared to be headed just straight into the cup and was just shocking to all viewers, but more, most importantly to Phil Mickelson, uh, when it didn't go in. It was just uh, really, truly bizarre. I don't think I've ever seen a miss quite like that before. Uh, in that, again, it, it, it just felt like it was in the cup. Um, and I thought for a brief second that that was it. I happened to be lucky enough to be tuned in to witness history. Again, it would have been the first ever 62 in a major. Uh, but Phil was amazing. He, he was really, really uh, as disappointed as I've ever seen him. He, he knew what was at stake. Uh, uh, probably won't get this opportunity again in his lifetime. And uh, so, yes, it was very, uh, very, very disappointing, to say the least, for everybody watching and, uh, and most importantly for Phil Mickelson himself. But... The weather was perfect. Don't see it often in Scotland at Royal Troon, but it was certainly uh, there yesterday. And, uh, you know, the pros went wild on the golf course. They, they made hay with the sunshine, as it says, uh, so to speak, and uh, really just uh, you know, put on a show. Today, not so much. Back to traditional Scottish weather, uh, rain and wind. Uh, and I think that's what we all think of when uh, we think of a British Open. So uh, they're all wearing jackets and wind gear and whatnot, rain gear, the whole bit. And uh, truly one of my favorite weekends of the year is the British Open, especially tomorrow and Sunday when you can just wake up and turn on the TV. Coverage is actually beginning at 1.30 a.m. in the morning uh, on the Golf Channel, uh, Eastern Time. And it's great to just uh, settle in and, uh, you know, watch 
live golf and a major, no less. So it's going to be a fun, fun weekend to enjoy some golf the way it's been a fun month or so to enjoy all these great uh, European sports that uh, just command the stage uh, at this time of year. And my bizarre story of the week is uh, basically the irrelevancy of the Major League Baseball All-Star Game. Uh, like many of you, when I was a kid, it was the, the crown jewel of the summer. Uh, there was just nothing more important than that. Uh, you know, America seemed to just grind to a halt for the All-Star Game. Uh, you know, the younger I was, the more important I, it was. And I heard just an incredible statistic that uh, viewership since something like 1980 has dropped, this is unbelievable, like 75% for the All-Star Game and something that sounds like 30, 40 years. I mean, uh, I think the rating was an all-time low. And, you know, the attempt to make, give home field advantage to the winter, i.e. they get the game, the seventh game of the World Series, so to speak. Uh, this year it'll be the American League again. Um, it doesn't seem to work, have worked as far as, you know, elevating the importance of the game and making it, uh, you know, getting more people to watch. It just continues to uh, decline. On the flip side, the Home Run Derby, which has been... Uh, Increasingly irrelevant in recent years. It was great the other on Monday night uh, with Giancarlo Stanton just simply doing uh, Titanic, hitting Titanic home runs. It was, it was remarkable to watch. Um, he hit the most ever. I think it was 61. Ironic baseball figure there. And, uh, and again, he looked like uh, Paul Bunyan or Roy Hobbs out there just hitting these just shots, uh, routinely hitting uh, what seemed like 500 feet or close. And uh, so it was really just, again, uh, it, it was a show. So that was a highlight, but, you know, Tuesday night was uh, basically a low light. Uh, you know, it was fun to watch David Ortiz. Of course, I'm based here in Boston. So, you know, stuck around for his first couple of bats, and that that was pretty much it. So... Why don't we now take our break, and next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine, so don't go anywhere. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Are you a real sports fan? 
Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams, Kwame's got the experience. So he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when we often have guests. And on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., how are you doing today? Hey, good, John. I'm doing very well. Got down here around Birmingham, Alabama. I've been here since last Sunday for the A.P.C. Media Days. Terrific. Well, we're thrilled that you uh, you were covering it uh it's been a fascinating week down there in birmingham and uh i'd love to hear all about it uh, i'm sure you've had a busy busy four days yeah sure has john of course the the uh, crescendo for me was in alabama last on wednesday all the fans were congregated in the lobby of the, the hotel there in hoover alabama and Nick Saban, uh, when he comes in the door, it's kind of a funny situation. You're behind that entire crowd in the lobby, and all of a sudden the arms are pointed to the sky, and everybody has their camera trying to document it as he comes through the, the glass doors. Yes, and I was watching that live on, uh, I think, ESPN, and uh, it's like the arrival of a president, uh, to put it mildly. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's just amazing. Uh, I mean, to see him get out of the limo and uh, the police presence around him. Uh, yeah, it's become like a yearly event. I mean, when I think of SEC media days, that's probably what I most think of. And I'm, I'm not alone of Nick Saban pulling up to the, to the front of the hotel and getting out again in, in pomp and circumstance befitting, uh, uh, you, you know, a state figure, shall we say. Yeah, you probably could call him the president of Alabama, let's say. 
There you go. There you go. I'm sure he would win that election uh, near unanimously these days. Four national titles in seven years. That'll do it, right? Oh, yeah, for forever. He'll be in the indelible, you know, in the minds of the people of Alabama and the Southeast and anybody who's uh, rooting for Alabama football. Well, exactly. And, of course, uh, not no surprise he was smack in the middle of of it again, uh, you know, with a debate with uh, the mouth of the South, Paul Feinbaum. Uh, you know, I, luckily I recorded uh, uh, ESPN's College Football Live show, and uh, the day that, you know, those two had uh, basically gone on it, gone at it on air over, you know, some trouble some players had gotten into and whether or not. Saban was going to suspend them, so I assume that was the talk of the week. Is that correct? Yeah, in other words, and what happened was when he was in the main media room, we kind of focused on the football portion of of Alabama, and and a lot of people wanted to ask questions. There's only a certain amount of time, so that wasn't asked. And then some of the other rooms, I think maybe uh, like you say on air on TV, that some questions were posed about Cam Robinson and Hootie Jones, who who dodged. Uh, some circumstances in Louisiana. So, but what I try to tell people is that the district attorney did not charge those two. There are four people in the car, and I think there was a legitimate question about why they, those two, were were charged, and the other four, other two, didn't face any any uh, any charges from the police department. So that was, I think, the point that Nick Saban was making. Now, they, you know, definitely violated some team rules. So the, what he's done is had them ride around with the police and they're doing community service and some other things. But most people, John, who have an agenda, they're interested in, well, why don't you suspend those two players? Right. And, and my, my feeling has it's been for a very, very long time. I think, I think that's the, the, very, the easiest thing to do. I think you can satisfy all the people who want immediate punishment but what, how, do, how have you affected the, the student effort? How have you changed their behavior? That is the goal. And I said this when this first happened a couple months ago, I guess it was now, that maybe this is the best thing that happened to Cam Robinson and Hootie Jones because it could have escalated into something even more serious. Now, when you have the word guns and drugs put together, that's serious enough. But it didn't go beyond, you know, charge, you know, didn't, you know, work itself up to charging them, and they were let off by the district attorney, and then they just, you know, faced the criticism and the embarrassment that they brought to the program. But hopefully, uh, Coach Saban, he's going to get them to change that behavior, and he's always preaching, he's always bringing them. I think he said one time he brought in maybe seventy different speakers to speak to the players about all types of subject matters, including guns and drugs and how you treat opposite sex so but but I've always thought that suspending a player that's very easy to do and quiets a lot of critics in in the end John when you make these decisions a month from now no no one's gonna no one's gonna care it's between you and that student athlete and his family and your football team and the university and and, and that's that's what's most important in the stadium yeah, well, it was interesting. You know, the the show was, again, actually interesting, College Football Live, where Joey Galloway was really saying a lot of what you're saying. You know, obviously, he brings the player perspective of, like, you know, 
just how are you going to like you know make the player not repeat these types of mistakes it's really that simple and then they also read a list of the things that uh, they these players are doing that includes everything from you know riding in a police car to you know community service to drug education you know it, it, it was a list of like seven or eight you know bottom line you know, best way to say it commitments uh, you know that must be made by these players fulfilled by these players uh, you know which I found interesting so then you know sparked again a debate with you know both Joey Galloway Joe Tessitore Joey Galloway and Paul Feinbaum on like Joe Tessitore said it all he read the list of these things and said like is that not enough and so it really uh you know, it raises a lot of interesting questions, just like you're saying, uh, of just, you know, ultimately what's going to work? That That is the, the, the key question, you know. What's going to get through to these players to stop them from repeating this behavior? Yeah, obviously, John, it's very disappointing they didn't get the message the first time. Right. And especially Keon Robinson is going to be one of the leaders on the team. Now, how are you, how are you with the other players in the eye and you're trying to get them to do certain things that were um, maybe unpleasant? And, and he, the other players saying, well, you didn't follow the guidelines. Why should I? Correct. But those are some of the disappointing things from a team perspective, never mind individually. Exactly right, AP. Um, you know, these are the little subtleties that, you know, you don't always think about that go along hand-in-hand with these types of situations. Uh, Of course, the story also had a bit of an ironic, if not comical, twist to it where, you know, this happened in Louisiana, the incident. So then I guess there was an insinuation about, you know, uh, LSU fans, because I guess there was four people in the car, the only two people that were charged or whatever, not ultimately charged, but arrested, were the two football players, which... Sparked an LSU fandom question, which then got the police information officer to basically tell this crazy story about how much the arresting officer hates LSU. It was just hilarious, really. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's it's not uncommon that the, the, when the story turns to Louisiana, it becomes doubly interesting, let's say. Exactly, exactly. And obviously, you know, the ironies are too many to count. It's, uh, you start with LSU-Alabama rivalry, but then you go back into, uh, you know, Nick Saban used to coach LSU. So I was like, you know, I, I've, I, until I, I wasn't thinking about that when they were showing the debate on TV. And, right. of course, Nick Saban was talking about, like, very knowledgeably about a, whatever. I think it's you're allowed to have a gun in Louisiana or whatever. Not against the law. So it's, and I was like, geez, how does he know that? <laughs> and then, of course, it hit me when later they said, you know, he used to be the LSU coach. He lived in Louisiana. He would know that kind of stuff. So, Oh, oh it, yeah. It, He's very knowledgeable about the rules. And I'm sure he's come across uh, that situation in the past. So he's very familiar. And it doesn't get by him. And, you know, he's going to try to look at the situation from every angle. You know, so, yeah, he's well-versed on those types of uh, incidents. 
Yeah, I mean, add it to the long list, AP. We say it practically weekly that you, you know you can't make this stuff up, especially the <laughs> you know the the LSU fan connection just being so ironic uh, to say the least. Now, did I hear that one of these two players is potentially like the top pick in the NFL draft? Like he's that good? Well, For Cam Robinson, th- you know, he's a left tackle, so. You know, he's been a starter since his freshman year. And, and those are possibilities. I know when you have a left tackle that's really talented. But Defensive? Sure, he, he's been in the conversation, right. right. Uh, okay, yeah. Uh, defensive left tackle, that's that's gold right there, oh. that's for sure. Yeah, the offensive left tackle, yeah, that, that's the blind side for 99.9% of the quarterback in the NFL, right? Oh, offensive left tackle. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah, both positions are highly, highly valued, particularly in the NFL at draft time. But, uh, yeah, it's just uh, uh, pretty crazy. And, of course, you know, a big part of the story was that we all saw what went on on air, but apparently then some words were exchanged between Saban and Feinbaum off air. Uh I, I guess there were, I'm guessing there was some chatter about that too, right? Yes, yes. I, I don't think uh, Nick Saban is afraid to voice his real opinion to anyone, John. He has that much power. And uh, so that, that was another interesting side note of the whole situation. Yeah, well, as we all know, trained in the Belichick school. He was on the Browns 1999 coaching staff with Belichick and uh, you know clearly I mean the two seem like brothers they really do <laughs> I think we've all felt that and uh, yeah Saban uh, you know doesn't say more than he feels he has to I, I believe and uh, so yeah it's uh, never a dull moment AP but glad that you were on the scene as always uh Great stuff, to put it mildly. So, um, appreciate you filling us in. And there's a whole lot more to talk about. Uh, that wasn't the only thing that went on, of course, for SEC Media Week. How many were there, by the way? How many media? Oh, in the in the 1,200 range, I believe. Wow, that if is. You, which if you, yeah, if you, John, if you, I think normally, let's say, I haven't checked these figures in a while, but, you know, three 400 at maybe the ACC, three 400. 500 at the Big 12, let's say, 3, 4, 500 at the Pac-12. You know, you got to add two or three conferences just to catch that number. Yeah, well, uh, having had the pleasure to cover a few Super Bowls, I think that number, super media covering a Super Bowl, can get up to a number that sounds like 5,000 or so. At a, uh, yes. I'm guessing that, you know, this is probably the second biggest media assemblage in sports that you have. I could be wrong. Totally guessing, but, you know, I can't think of any other thing. I just covered the U.S. Open a couple of weeks ago, and there was a ton of media down in the uh, U.S. Golf Open down in Oakmont, and uh, and you and I have both covered the college football playoff, and uh, 1,200's a big number, to put it mildly. So, uh, well, good. Well, AP, uh, again, lots more to discuss. Uh, we're anxious to hear it, but why don't we take our break first, and we'll talk a little more SEC Media Week on the other side.
out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at Voice America TRN or twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., we were talking some SEC media days, and I want to get back to that. You were covering them, of course, down in Birmingham, Alabama. But we have what we love here on our show, which is major breaking news just coming across the wire, which is simply that Tom Brady will not take the deflate gate appeal to the Supreme Court. I'm looking at a Boston Business Journal story just released. Uh, Brady took to Facebook, announced his decision. It has been a challenging 18 months, and I have made the difficult decision to no longer proceed with the longer legal process, he said. Uh, that's it so it's over Uh, he's going to miss the first four games I'm a Patriot season ticket holder so (laughs) I certainly uh, am directly affected since three of those first four games are at home but your your quick thoughts AP this is like a wow yeah I mean Tom Brady's one of these uh, players who has the reputation of he takes it right to the nth degree, never quit. So it is it is slightly surprising because they did put up, put up such a strenuous fight uh, with this case, and then to just say that they're not going to go to the to the uh, final ending uh, to see what the outcome might be in the Supreme Court, or uh, you know, that's surprising. Yeah, well, here's the money line in the story. The odds were incredibly low that the Supreme Court would have taken up the case, according to legal experts. 
Um, so I think there you have it. I mean, he hired a tremendous team of lawyers, one of whom I think the most recent hire was a big-time Supreme Court expert legal lawyer who had argued cases before the Supreme Court, and I've got to believe that, uh, you know, combined with that paragraph I just read, that he just simply was told by his legal counsel, you know, it's <laughs> to stop. Like, the Supreme Court has not taken this case. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking at the, at the post uh, on Facebook. I'm very grateful for the overwhelming support I've received from Mr. Kraft, Kraft family, Coach Belichick, my coaches, teammates, NFLPA, agents, loving family, and fans. Challenging, the, the sentence I first read has been a challenging 18 months, and I've made the difficult decision to no longer proceed with the legal process. I'm going to work hard to be the best player I can be for the New England Patriots, and I look forward to having the opportunity to return to the field this fall. Here's my view. Uh, with all the time to think about it the past couple days since it did seem inevitable. And it's pretty simple. Um, Three of the first four games are at home. Uh, It gives the Patriots the perfect opportunity to know exactly what they got in Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, how many teams in the NFL would like to have even a one game, let alone a four game, you know, real life, regular season game scenario to see if their backup quarterback or even, for instance, a draftee, uh, someone they just brought into the league, in other words, a trial run, to see if he is uh, the quarterback of the future. I mean, it's just that simple for me. It's, you know, uh, leave it to the Patriots. It almost feels in a weird way like they've lucked out again because they're going to know exactly what they got with Garoppolo come October. I can tell you the happiest person today, John, I believe, is Jimmy Garoppolo's agent. Right, there you, exactly. There you go. Where his, his player will get a four-game regular season NFL tryout. Tryout. That's the key word, tryout. <laughs> you and I have talked often in the past, AP, about how, like, you know, you just don't know exactly what you got until you put these quarterbacks into an NFL game. And more often than not, you know, let alone coaches and owners and whatnot, you know exactly what you got after a couple of series. But you can't know it until they have those couple of real-life, regular-season series. Then and only then do you know exactly what you've got. Yeah, I mean, his agent, if he does very well, I mean, the next time... They go to sign a contract. He's going to have some leverage, and and the chatter will start for other teams to to get interested in trading for his client. So, like I said, I think the happiest person at the moment until he performs on the field. I mean, until that's all said and done, is his agent. Absolutely, his AP. His agent, his agent, and his mother. <laughs> <laughs> You're absolutely right, AP. It's you know. It's just a win-win across the board, and by that I mean he goes out, he performs well. So then you, you know, you have a scenario where, uh, you know, given Tom Brady's age, uh, that you know, then you know you've got your quarterback of the future. Uh, I'll even throw out the Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck scenario, or, you know, and then you can either keep him 
you can trade him if he plays well, then his trade value absolutely skyrockets. Regardless, you can still draft another quarterback. And, you know, knowing the Patriots, I mean, you, you know, they could like, if, he, if he's not with their, their cup of tea, they can still bluff their way into the, basically saying that, you know, he is their cup of tea. And, uh, you know, which would elevate his trade value. Uh, let's not forget they did draft Jacoby Brissett, a uh, multi-talented, u- unique kind of player from North Carolina State. So they've already got, you know, uh, a drafted quarterback on their team beyond uh, Brady and, uh, of course, Garoppolo. So I, I, it just feels like the Patriots have kind of, you know, found themselves in a great situation yet again. Right, and they have a chance to play the, the backup quarterback in three out of four home games. Correct. And they, who knows? I mean, I did hear one statement that, you know, they're only one hit away from Jacoby Brissett being the quarterback. Um, but, you know, that aside, you know, hoping Jimmy Garoppolo gets to play the full four games healthy, uh, you know, they, they even may get lucky and get a peek at Jacoby Brissett which they typically would not have had happen. So, again, across the board, you know, I'm a silver lining kind of guy, and th- that's the silver lining that I see from, uh, from sitting up here in Boston. Right, and John, I mean, I don't know what the stat is, but what, how many plays does the third-string quarterback take to the field during a season, the percentage of plays? It's got to be some ridiculously small number. Exactly, exactly, and now... The likelihood of him getting at least a chance to step on the field at some point during those four games, Jacoby Brissett, that is, uh, you know, is elevated. And then here's another thing that, you know, another viewpoint, silver lining thinking, optimistic, glass half full, whatever you want to call it, is just simply, uh, you know, Brady will be fresher come, you know, January. Uh, yeah. Uh, assuming they make the playoffs. I put a lot of stock in that. You know, whenever a player gets injured or misses some time during the season, I always just think, all right, you know, especially at his age. He is 40, as amazing yeah. as he is. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's he's going to – he's starting his season a month late. There is no other way to say it. Uh, so I think that that could come into play if they make the play, assuming they make the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. He gets the rest of his arm, his legs, his body – that's a significant amount of time. It's gigantic. It's gigantic when you consider the rigors of the NFL. Um, so, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's, most of all, just to step back and the big picture, it's hard to believe that this may be it, that deflate gate might finally be over, what is it, 17, 18 months later? Like, this is like the all-time long-running sports story to a large degree. Yeah, I mean, this, this has tied up lawyers in New York for, <laughs> for months, right? <laughs> it really has, water, I mean. Water, water cooler discussions, I mean, the, I think the water cooler people, they're, they're happy about uh, the, the plate gate, but everybody else is not. Yes, and lest we forget, since I attended his speech about a year ago at Salem State, Brady speech uh, at Salem State University. I mean, what I'll never forget about that was, you know, when I was there, 
it, it was amazing, but it was the lead story on all three network news channels that night. So let's never underestimate how big this story became nationally. Uh, I'll, I'll never forget that night, helicopters flying over the parking lot and everything. It was, uh, he arrived <laughs> in a helicopter. <laughs> so let's never like, you know, minimize or forget the, the heights to which this story rose. <laughs> John, a helicopter traffic uh, jam. Exactly. In Salem, Massachusetts. Bewitching, shall we say. Uh, but, you know, I, I think everybody really finally tired of it. A unique story by any standard, AP. I mean, where it just literally got 100% of the population, young and old, male and female, sports fan and non-sports fan, to have an opinion. There is no other way to say it. Not many sports stories come down the pike like this one. No. I mean, it challenged the powerful NFL. It, it, it challenged, uh, you know, all the court system. It, it was, it was uh, riveting. Riveting. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, well, again, you and I are always... Uh, pleased when we actually have breaking news occur during the show. It doesn't happen too often, and this is a big one. This is this is a real big one. So this this may have been uh, our biggest ever in our many years of doing the show together. And uh, uh, glad we were able to hand you know discuss it together and and give our opinions uh, right out of the box, shall we say? So we have one more break. We still have some more uh, football to get to. It feels like football season is basically here. Between you doing SEC Media Days, this announcement, uh, suddenly it feels like uh, it's, it's, it's arrived here on Friday, July 15th. So anyway, we'll talk a little more football on the other side of the break. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America Interactive Radio Player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Check your feelings at the door and enter the Man Cave. Don't let the name fool you, because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Hosts J.D. Harris and Ray Austin are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the Man Cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. 
You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I am your host, John Inglesby. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And before we get started, my pick of the weekend for appointment viewing is the British Open, both tomorrow and, of course, Sunday for the final round. Uh, really, uh, one of my favorite days of the year uh, is to wake up on a nice July Sunday morning and tune in to the final round of the British Open. I uh, got to do it last Sunday with the... Wimbledon Men's Championship, Andy Murray winning, and to get to do it two weeks in a row is uh, is awesome. So I can't wait for that. And AP, we've uh, been talking a lot of football today. For anybody who's just tuning in, uh, Tom Brady has given up the fight for Deflategate. He will not uh, try to take his case to the Supreme Court. It's over. He's going to miss the first four games of this coming season. And it's just, uh, I'm still a little in shock, AP, that like it feels like it's finally over. I, we shall see, but it certainly appears that way. The announcement just came within the past half hour. What a stunning announcement. And I, I just didn't have a chance that the Supreme Court would not hear the case. I just hear Tom Brady retreat. It's just, you don't see see that on the field, and I, I don't think you'd see it off the field. Yeah, uh, again, I read the statement. It was only a paragraph this, uh, from Tom Brady on his Facebook page. That's how he likes to make his announcements. And, uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's uh, it's always been about, you know, his reputation, I think, to him. I'm, I'm guessing, you know, the that's what this has been all about his personal reputation his legacy how he'll be viewed how he'll be remembered i think it's stretched so far over the past 17 18 months that it no matter how it came out it may not have mattered the people who don't like him are always going to feel that they're just never going to like him and the people who do support him and believe me they do here in new england i mean it has been like fascinating the all-time us against them you know approach that New Englanders are famous for uh, uh, has been on display, you know, for the past 18 months here, uh, here in New England and, of course, nationwide. And uh, but, yeah, I, I think at the end of the day, it was just a pragmatic decision where his lawyers, who are some of the best in the business, experts in these specific areas, i.e. Supreme Court and whatnot, who just said, <laughs> you know, time to give it up. You are not going to. You know, you're not going to win. You're not going to get to the Supreme Court. And oh, by the way, let's not forget here. Uh, training camp opens in a week or two. Tom Brady can play in. He can practice with the team. He can play in preseason. Uh, suddenly, you know, the preseason games, which are typically meaningless, are suddenly going to be fun. So as a Patriot fan, from that point of view, uh, yeah, I'm going to attend that first preseason game. That's for sure. <laughs> Right, right. And yeah, you know. Well, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, they're, yeah, they're gonna make they're gonna make some more money, a little bit of money off that possibly Patriots, right? Well, exactly, exactly. And uh, 
No, I, I mean, it was the same case last year. Let's not remember. He had a, that same four-game suspension was pending until just before the season began. And therefore, you know, last year's preseason games had a, you know, were a little better than usual because, you know, people were assuming he was going to be suspended. This time, there doesn't appear to be any assumption he will be suspended. So that, uh, so yeah, he can be with the team throughout training camp, throughout the preseason, play in the preseason games. And then I heard something, you know, the other day that basically described a scenario that if I got it right, it sounds like, you know, Right before they begin the season against the Arizona Cardinals on Sunday night, September 11th, I believe, or thereabouts, um, you know, Brady has to exit the premises, as it were, at Gillette Stadium, and that's it. He can't go back for a month. There can be no communication with coaches, whatever. He's banished for one month until the day after what would be the fourth game, at which point he can return, uh, and then the first game back. Game number five, his first, will be an away game at the Cleveland Browns. Uh, and I heard a funny, funny line as well, uh, where you know, it, it could be the highest rating for a Cleveland Browns game ever <laughs> since 1964, <laughs> since the, they last won the championship. Brady's return in Game Five. So, what can you say? Even though the story quote may be over. It ain't over because there's so many angles that are going to continue to play out here, right? <laughs> right. There's all types of ramifications, uh, and uh, they're funny. They really are. They really are. Uh, well, again, I don't feel a need to jam it all in today because, again, this story's not going away. Even the aftermath itself will generate many stories, as we just said. But I do want to get back to SEC Media Days. Uh, you know, I'm sure there was a lot more than what went on than just Nick Saban. Uh, you know, I, I saw an interesting interview with Brett Bielma, the coach of Arkansas, formerly of Wisconsin. And, uh, you know, he's an interesting guy. It, it feels like, uh, you know, he, he's becoming a, a, bigger perso- a bigger personality by, by the year as coach of the Razorbacks. Yeah, John, he's very, he's very smart. I think he was a marketing major, and when he takes to that podium, there's always a slight subtle jab in different directions if, if issues are happening at other schools. He's very clever with his remarks. Uh, he was mentioning the fact that they didn't have any problems and they don't have to be worrying about late-night episodes, and so that was kind of a, uh, a shot towards Alabama's direction, and you know their, their players are all behaving at, at the moment, right? At the moment, because as you know, when you have a 85 uh, student-athletes and actually more than that, that are just, just walk-ons and things, you can get a call any night, any day that something happens. So, Absolutely. Very funny. And, he, and, he, and he always uses the phrase uh, taught to him by Hayden Fry, his mentor at I- Iowa, that you recruit your own problems. <laughs> Wow. Okay, that's a good one. Hayden Fry, remember him well. Uh, I didn't realize that Brett Bielma started out or was on the staff under Hayden Fry. Uh, yeah, uh, I've always enjoyed the Iowa Hawkeye program between Hayden Fry and Kirk Ferentz. They've had a nice string, uh, almost like the Steelers, whose uniforms are identical, uh, where they, they haven't had too many coaches out there, have they, when you think about it? 
dealt with this year. And he's there for so long, and Kurt Ferenz has been there now forever. And and uh, I think Kevin Fye actually brought those uniforms, that, that black and gold and those similar type helmets as the Pittsburgh Steelers. Exactly. Exactly. Um, well, uh, yeah, so I, I saw where he tweeted, Brett Bielma tweeted a picture of the Eiffel Tower, Great, just a great line, whatever, Instagram or whatever it was, was her tweet. Uh, just some like, you know, you don't see this every day, which is, of course, one of my favorite lines. And uh, standing at the, bo- at the base of the Eiffel Tower. And, uh, yeah, uh, so what other news? I know you, Freeze, the coach of Mississippi, was... Uh, under fire a bit for his, uh, you know, for his, the investigation going on into his program, but never a dull moment with the SEC, right? And we're actually under a minute here with the show, so love, love to get your yeah. quick wrap-up, AP. Yeah, yeah, John, he tried to manage that message the best he could. He framed it in the fact that all the many, many great things are happening at Ole Miss. There's a few issues, and they're addressing them, and they'll have their day in court. And then one other thing we just mentioned real quick, Bill Hancock was there and his crew, and they said they're going to take a look at that New Year's Eve uh, semifinal, those semifinal games. So I know the, the audience is interested in what's going to happen with those games down the road. Absolutely. Sorry, that's the last topic we got. We discussed, and the show is closing, because you and I have discussed that often, so we'll hold that one with bated breath, and maybe we'll touch, uh, talk about it a little further next week. Maybe there'll be news to report on it next week. But AP, as always, thank you for your perspective, particularly on SEC Media Week, and uh, great to have you on. We appreciate you calling in. Thank you, John. My pleasure, as always. Great. And as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports. And we look forward to doing it all again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week. 